It's good to see y'all in the house of the Lord today. Before I get wound up here, I have to li- uh, apologize to folks that listened to the podcast last week. Last week I preached out of the book of Jeremiah, the 33rd chapter, but when I got up to preach at uh, Melvin where we normally do our podcast, I said Jeremiah the third chapter. So I had everybody thoroughly confused. So if you listened to the podcast last week, you may have to go back and listen to it again, only this time go to the 33rd chapter of Jeremiah instead of the third chapter in It'll make a whole lot more sense to you probably than what it did. But I do apologize. I normally don't mess up that bad. I'm real good at messing up, but just normally I'm not, uh, don't mess up when I I do my scriptures. But uh, we're good good to go today and glad that uh, folks are, are here in the house of the Lord. And if you have your Bibles in, I hope you do turn to John the 12th chapter. John, the 12th chapter. We're just going to read a couple of little verses here in a minute. And I need y'all to be praying for me today, this morning, because it has been a hectic week. And uh, if you'll pray with me, maybe I won't be preaching too long today. I kind of have a, 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 a short word today. I don't have a long word, but I have a very strong word. So I want you to turn to uh, the Gospel of John, the 12th chapter, and I want you to look in verse 31. I want you to look for three things in these two verses. Three things in these two verses. John 12, verse 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world or the ruler of this world be cast out. And I... If I be lifted up, that word lifted means crucified, from the earth will draw all men unto me. Keep your Bibles open right there because we're going to be looking at at some other stuff here in a minute. But I I, I told you to be looking for three things. And there's three things, and you should have seen them, and the two verses that we just read that I want to bring out this morning. The first is the judgment of the world. The second is the prince of this world is cast out. And thirdly, Jesus being lifted up. Now, the first point is the judgment of this world. You know, there is no question about it. Judgment is certain. You know, when, when we do wrong, there will be a time of reckoning on the way uh, sooner or later. One way or another, it's just going to happen and eventually every one of us will have to see Jesus. But Jesus stated that he did not come to judge or condemn the world. Now you find that in, in John the 12th chapter verse verse 47 as well as John the 3rd chapter verse uh, 17. He didn't come to judge or condemn the world. In other words, he said, I didn't come to point my finger at others. I didn't come to judge people like some of us do. Jesus said, I came not to judge the world, but rather I came to save 
the world. Now, let me interject something here real quick. Jesus came to this earth to save us. Why? Because we cannot save ourselves from sin's consequences. And I don't care how good you think you are. I don't care how hard you try. Uh, we, we can't eliminate the sinful nature that is in present in all of us. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus did not come, didn't come to help people save themselves. He came to be a Savior because we can't save ourselves from the power and the penalty of sin. So we know that there's going to be a final judgment. We know that that, that judgment begins at the house of God. And we know that God is the judge. But He gave the power of judgment to Jesus. You find that in John the 5th chapter, verse 27, as well as uh, John the 9th chapter, verse 39. So, in a very real way, believe it or not, and you may not even realize that you do this, but in a very real way, we judge the unrighteous every time we do the right thing. Why do I say that? Because when, when, when we do the right thing, our work of righteousness, it, it causes light to shine on things that are dark. In other words, it makes people aware of the things that they're doing wrong. So judgment begins with the righteousness of God. Now understand this, each person... Each and every person, every man, every woman, every child, boy, girl, whoever it is, each person is accountable to God, but not to others. Now listen to me. Jesus Christ has been given the authority by His Father to, to judge all people on earth. And although His judgment is already working in our lives, there is a future final judgment when Christ returns and everyone's life will not only be reviewed, but it will be evaluated. Now don't think that that's going to be confined to non-believers because it's not. The, the Christian too will face a final judgment. And don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. You know, their, their, their uh, final destiny is secure. But Jesus is going to look at how we handled the gifts and talents that He gave us. You know, how did we use the opportunities that was given to us? How did we handle the responsibilities? Uh, you know, and, and he does that in order to determine our heavenly rewards. At that time of judgment, God will deliver righteousness and he will also condemn the wicked. So I want you to understand we are not to judge other people because that's not our job. That's God's job to do that, to judge other people. Now the second thing that I want to bring out, we talked about in the scripture that we read, is the prince of this world is cast out. 
That's the second thing. Jesus said, now shall the prince of the world be cast out. Now, I've just got a question I want to ask you. It says it right there, doesn't it? It says that the prince of this world is cast out. So my question is this. If he is cast out of the world, then who is causing so much trouble here on earth? If he is cast out, then who is causing mothers and daughters and fathers and sons and and brothers and sisters to fight against one another? If he is cast out, where is all of this chaos in this world coming from? All the chaos of hate and murder and killing and all the unlawful things that, that are happening. Where's all that coming from? Well, the overwhelming evidence seems to suggest that Satan is alive and well right here on earth. Now, I want you to understand, the prince of this world or the ruler of this world is Satan himself. And he's not symbolic. He is an angel that got booted out of heaven. And, And the thing about it is, He is constantly working against God and those who obey Him. If you're doing what God wants you to do, understand that the devil is working just as hard as he can to stop that. You know, you you think back. He tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden. and, And he persuaded her to sin. You remember that after Jesus was baptized, He went out in the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. And Satan was there. He tempted Jesus in the wilderness, but He did not persuade Him to fall. And I want you to not forget this. Satan has great power. But people can be delivered from his reign of spiritual darkness. How? Because of Christ's victory on the cross. So Satan is powerful. But Jesus is much more powerful. Jesus' resurrection shattered death's power. So, what does Jesus mean? You notice those words that we read in the Bible. In my Bible, they're in red. So that was Jesus' words, things that Jesus said Himself. What did Jesus mean when He said, the ruler of this world has been cast out? I think He meant that the job is not yet over. He meant that we as women and men of God have a job to do. And I want you to remember, the Bible tells us in Luke the 10th chapter verse 19 that Jesus gave us power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That means that we are partners with God in driving out this enemy of our soul. The prince of this world is so casted out when we take our rightful authority at the side of Christ and cast Him out. In other words, from time to time, we have to remember 
who we need to align ourselves with. Sometimes we need to put the devil behind us and tell him, devil, you get behind me because I'm lining up behind Jesus Christ. The, the prince is casted out when we stand for what is right. He, the prince of this world is casted out when we cry, holy, holy, holy. But I want you to understand, I'm not simply talking about casting out demons out of people just like you know Jesus did on numerous occasions I mean that we have to learn to take control of our lives by taking the authority of Satan away from him and not allowing him to rule our lives now listen to me we must take control And when we don't allow Him to make us feel that we are less than what we really are, we can take control. And we can take control when we stand up for good, when we stand up for the right things. In other words, what I'm telling you is this. We have to crucify our flesh. Which means that things that we know we shouldn't do things that we know is not good for us or to us, we must learn to say no to them. We must learn to discard them, to reject them, to abandon them, to eliminate them, to cast them out. Because when we take control and we crucify the flesh, We deny the sinful nature. We resist the devil. Then we're casting him out. Which means that we strip him of his power. We deny his control. We blot out his influences. We dismiss his authority. The prince of this world is cast out when we make him unwelcomed in our lives when we make Him uncomfortable in our churches, when we don't invite Him into our homes, when we ignore Him in our jobs, when we kick Him out of our communities. So we must learn to make Satan and all of his little imps as uncomfortable as we possibly can in every part of our lives. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, well, okay, Mr. Smart Alec Pastor, how do we do that? Well, that's a very good question, and I'm glad you all asked it, because I'm going to tell you. May I tell you that when you lift up the name of Jesus, When you praise Jesus, when you glorify Jesus, when you recognize Jesus as the Lord of our lives, that makes Satan very uneasy. That makes him very uncomfortable. It confuses him. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. Very plainly, Satan knows everything you're going through. Every cotton-picking thing that you are dealing with in your life, He knows all about it. He knows 
when you're battling some strong issue in your life. He knows when you are struggling, trying to kick that bad habit. He knows that that you are going through pure hell, but if you're lifting up the name of Jesus, you are making Him uncomfortable. And that's the title of my sermon today, is Help Me Lift Up Jesus. So let me close this thing out. Now I need you to go back to your text. You still got your Bibles open to the 12th chapter of John because we need to know this story. Now back up. Go go back before where I started reading. Go, Go way back up there because the event that you see there in the 12th chapter... Uh, this event happened six days before Passover. Jesus went to uh, Bethany, and, and this is uh, this is after uh, you know this is where where Lazarus, who had been dead, and, and you remember Jesus raised him from the dead, and Jesus goes to the home of Mary, Martha, and and and, and Lazarus, and it is said that when Jesus went to the house that they made supper for him. And, and Lazarus was one that sat at the table with Jesus. Martha was the one that was serving the meal. And, and you remember, this is the, the time where Mary took the very expensive oil and she anointed Jesus' feet and then used her, her hair to wipe Jesus' feet. Well, if you remember this story, you also remember that one of the, the disciples by the name of Judas Iscariot asked a question. He, he asked Mary, he says, why are you wasting this oil? Why, why did you do what you did? You know, we, we could have sold that oil uh, for a whole lot of money and we could have given that money to the poor. Now, you remember what I told you about we have to cast out the devil. I want you to think about old Judas here because he was not saying that we could have sold that expensive oil and given it to the poor because he was concerned about the poor. The problem was who was controlling his life. Satan was controlling his life because Judas was a thief. He's the one that, that held the money sat for the other disciples, that little organization, if you will. And, 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 and because of what he said to Mary, the Bible tells us that Jesus rebuked him aloud and said, Let her alone against the day of my bearing has she kept this. Not only that, but the poor you will have with you always, but I'm not going to be around always. And I want you to understand something else in this little story. If you read your Bible, look in about verse 9. There was a whole lot of people uh, of Jewish descent that was hanging out at this function. And they wasn't there because of Jesus. They were there because of Lazarus. You see, there was a bunch of those people, those Jews, that still did not believe in Jesus. They did not think 
that He had the power to raise somebody from the dead. And you notice in verse 9 it says, Much people of the Jews therefore knew that He was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but they might see Lazarus also whom He raised from the dead. You see, there was many that were still in disbelief. And listen to me now. There is people that go to church this very day that don't go to church because they want to see Jesus. It's because they don't believe that you are still here. They don't believe that you are still alive. They don't believe that you're still uh, in church, praising God, worshiping God, and, and 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 doing all the things that we do here and praising, uh, you know, they 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 just can't believe that you're still there making it without their help. These people came to this house not to see Jesus, but they came to see Lazarus. Well, if you're reading. You see that because of this, that the chief priests were conspiring behind the backs of, of Jesus and Lazarus. They wanted to kill Lazarus for the second time and kill Jesus for the first time because they were full of jealousy. Their hearts was full of hatred and envy. And because of the many of the Jews that believed on Jesus and not on them. They were bent out of shape. They, they didn't like it. In fact, the next day, many of the people that were at this dysfunction, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, the Bible says that they took palm branches. And, and as Jesus came in to Jerusalem, they, they went and, and met Him and they cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord What's so amazing about this is that His very own disciples didn't really understand what was going on at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then it began to click in their mind and they remembered the things that were written of Him. Now, I want you to look down in about verse 19. Down there in about verse 19 of chapter 12, those haters of Jesus, the Pharisees, were, were so upset that, that they said among themselves, perceive how, you, how ye prevail nothing. Behold, or look, the world is gone after Him. In other words, they were going after Jesus. But regardless of what they said, there was a certain Greek among them named Philip that came up to worship at the feast saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. You see, there were people that were honoring Jesus. But yet there was others that sought to kill Him. And, and I can hear Jesus saying now, is my soul trouble. Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Now look in verse 28. Right above where we read. He said, Father, glorify Thy name. Then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And the people that were standing around, they heard that conversation between God and Jesus. And somebody said that it must be thunders. Others said that an angel was speaking to him. But Jesus said, no, that voice came not because of me, but that voice came for your sake. 
And that brings me up to my third point. Verse 31 says, now is, my, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. But here's the part I like in verse 32. It says, And I, if I be lifted up from earth, will draw all man unto me. Now I want you to think about that. Because to lift him up at this point doesn't mean to praise him. Although... We should be doing that all the time. To lift Him up. What did I tell you that word lift up meant? It means to crucify. And so for us, it means to preach the crucifixion. Why? Because preaching the cross is what saves men. What did Jesus say? He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Folks, I want you to understand something here. God's kindness to us led Christ to His death. And, and that's a very startling truth when you think about it. That, that Jesus did not come into this world to gain status. Or to gain political power. And you remember, that's what a lot of people were looking for. They thought Jesus was going to be this great military ruler. But the actual reason He came was to suffer and die so that we could have eternal life. Now I want you to think about this. If that is, is difficult for us to identify with Christ, Christ's servant attitude, perhaps we need to evaluate our own motives. In other words, what's your motive for following Christ? Are you more interested in power or participation? Are you more interested in domination or service? Are you more interested in getting or giving? Now, I can just hear someone say, but pastor, you just said lifting up is crucifying. Why, why should we do that? Because if we don't lift Him up, how is He going to draw men to Him? That's what He said. That's the key. That's how we reach people that need Christ is by lifting Him up. Because I will draw them to Me. One final thought. And I want you to understand this. We're all born into Adam's physical family. Physical family line. You remember Adam and Eve. They were the first to sin in the Garden of Eden. Everything was hunky-dory, peachy-creamy until they pushed the button. And that ruined everything. And that family line leads to certain death. In other words, all of us reap the same results of Adam's sin. 
We have inherited His guilt. We have the tendency to sin. It's our old sin nature. We're born with it. We just can't get away from it. Not only do we have the tendency to sin, but we also reap God's punishment. But because of Jesus, however, we can trade judgment for forgiveness. You see, Christ offers us the opportunity to be born into His spiritual family, the family line that begins with forgiveness and ends with eternal life. So here's what we need to think about. And this is what we need to tell people. Yeah, you can sit there and say Christ don't exist or God don't exist and do absolutely nothing. But if we do absolutely nothing, we receive death through Adam. But if we come to God through faith, we receive life through Christ. So, which family line do you want to belong to? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. So, will you help me lift him up? Will you help me bring some dying soul to Christ? Will you help me draw people to the Lord? Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you. For this day, Father, a beautiful day that you created. And we just thank you, Father, that we can gather here to praise and worship you, Father. I just thank you so much for this little church here in Rockwood. I thank you for this church family, Father. I just pray a blessing upon each one, Father. I just lift up each and every one that is not here with us today, Father, that You will heal them and, and restore them, Father, and bring them back to us at the next pointed hour. Father, we continue to ask for Your protection during this very trying, very challenging time that we live in. And we ask that You forgive us where we fail You. Father, just thank You for Your Word today. Thank You for Your love, Your mercy, Your grace that we can have eternal life through Christ and His forgiveness. Father, I just lift up each and every one that we talked about earlier today in our service that we have on our prayer list. A lot going on, Father. A lot of people hurting. A lot of people uh, sick and going through a lot of trying times, Father. And we just pray that every need that is there, that it will be met. That Your Spirit will move in a very special way in their lives. And Father, we can't pray without asking that You bless us with some rain that only You can provide. So Father, as we leave this place today, just guide us and direct us Watch over us and care for us. It's in Your Son's name that we pray. Amen.